welcome back to the show, everybody. It's that time of week again, and I'm going to be making a new episode. This one's going to bring in maybe one or two new characters, as well as talking more about the antagonist of the series. I know, with all of the great characters that we've brought in, as well as brought back, I feel like it's time we talk a little more about the villain of the story, since we've really only mentioned them once. So, with that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. necromancer shifted in his throne, gazing out into the performance of the multiverse, spiraling endlessly to one's amusement. He sighed and moved around, sensing a new presence in the air. Ah, so our dear friend is here. Tell me, my old ally, how goes your rampant crusade? A TV monitor flickered to life, and a raspy voice spoke from the box. Quite nicely. I see that you too have been rather preoccupied. Where are these heroes who shall rise up in arms against you? The necromancer turned around to face the sinister smile that emanated from the screen. They will be here. Everything is set in motion. My armor, as you may have seen. The necromancer stood up and revealed his true height, a terrifying nine feet of celestial armor, and an ornately carved mask to shun his identity from the multiverse. A flowing amethyst cape draped down his back, lined with hieroglyphics and ancient symbols of all kinds, and he grasped the behemoth of a claymore, with flames filling the gaps in between the blades. I would not worry about myself. I've sent soldiers now to dispose of Flame Rider as well as 071, who now poses a very serious threat to our plan. The voice showed a clear sign of confusion. Why 071? I see no reason for you to engage in such dramatic conflict. The necromancer shook his head. No, I suppose not. I'll dispose of that AI myself. Oh, and one more thing, sir. The voice announced sarcasm from the monitor. Yes. You may refer to me as Charn, should you wish not to use the name Necromancer. It's a fitting name, wouldn't you say? The monitor groaned. Very well, but please, for God's sake, just kill the girl and her annoying team. My business can't run with them in the way. The monitor switched off, and Charn shook his head. Very well. Let's kill these incessant fools and put an end to this charade. Multiversal domination will be mine! Jaron opened a portal cast by a, a casted bracelet, and he shifted the ornately carved spine mask on his face. I'll just dispose of the robot while there's still time. And speaking of said robot, let's bring EO71 to the stage. Now, you may recall the stories of the Red Knight and his amazing tales of heroics and bravery throughout the multiverse. But, like all great heroes, this tale must come to an end. What, you thought we were going to talk all about the antagonist? Well, yeah. Uh, don't worry, we're going to bring him in later. Trust me, for now. Getting back to the story, the Red Knight slammed into a back wall, clutching his tattered arm and his sword, and readying himself for the next attack. A bulky robot formed of mismatched armor sets charged forward and slammed into the hero, blasting Oliver out onto the pier below. The robot was known as Axis Omega, and she was the culmination of all the Axis series. Formed by Richter, a corrupted jerk of a businessman and rival to Oliver, Richter had given himself a custom extremist serum and took on the name Battery, hence his lightning powers. There was a short war in Scarlet City before Richter was impaled by a bolt of pure technology and the extremist was never to be seen again. But not long after the death of Battery, 
A scientist by the name of Ransom created five prototype suits, each with a unique power and class that distincted or separated it from all the rest. As you can well imagine, even as time wore down our protagonist, the Red Knight quickly dealt with each and every one of them, scattering the armor pieces where, they, where he could. But to finish off the trilogy of Richter's deadly stage, a member of the family found all of the suits, gathering them all together and hotwiring all five as well as a secret armor meant for flight together, and thus Axis Omega was created. Oliver hacked up blood inside of his monitor, but quickly got to his feet. His hair was a paler red than before, but he kept things calm. He drew Rick's caliber from its sheath and prepared himself for the final fight. Axis Omega jumped down from the rafters of a crane above and stopped in front of the aged hero. You know, I have to admit, for an old guy, you still have way too much energy. Axis Omega plunged her fist into the andesite ground, and Oliver dodged the attack, rolling around and slashing through the thick armor. A hero decides when they're done, not others for them. The hulking armor set swung their fist around and sent the Red Knight crashing backwards into a crate right on the edge of the pier. She swiped her visor clean with a padded hand and stormed over, grabbing the Red Knight in a chokehold. So this is it, huh? You tell me how heaven is. I hear they're gonna love you up there. Oliver looked into his opponent's eyes and sighed. Your father would be so displeased with what you've become. Greed and rage only lead to sorrow and more pain. Why can't you see that? Axis Omega turned into a rage at the name of her father and fired up their right arm, power punching the hero far into the depths of the ocean below. But even as Axis Omega turned around, she was immediately mobbed and destroyed by not just the Red Knight's team, but people, citizens, and even superheroes from the multiverse everywhere, all fighting as one. Even as Oliver looked at the diminishing sky, sparkling far away, he smiled and removed his arm from its socket to wipe a tear from his eye. He could already feel the water soaking into his damaged suit, but he didn't care. It's all up to you now, kid. I'm sorry I couldn't always be there, every step of the way. The last of the water plunged into the circuitry of the Red Knight's helmet, and the neon lights coursing through the suit powered off, leaving the darkness of the ocean to swirl into form once again. And yet, despite this dark revelation, the people gathered around the world, and even throughout the multiverse, and these people, who had never even heard of the Red Knight, became overwhelmed with the feeling that something would never be quite the same again. Oliver's family traveled to the mountains far away in Poland, where his ancestors had come from, to the fields and truly royal mountain ranges of you, and they laid him to rest, each one giving a separate speech. When all was said and done, Catherine took up Excalibur and gently placed it in the grave with her father. Raswell, Dad, you've saved nothing short of uncountable lives with your courage and honor. The family then departed, heading back to their home, far away. But even when they arrived back in Scarlet City, Anthony, the chief engineer of the operation, rushed to the basement and began constructing a machine of massive size. Catherine and Evan would inspect the work from time to time, to which Anthony replied, I may not have been as smart as Oliver, and for good reason, but I'm sure as hell gonna give him my all for this guy. One last time. When the work was completed, Anthony pulled aside a work cloth and plugged a small chip into the robot's neck. The creation sat forwards abruptly and gasped as if it took in air for the first time. Hey buddy, how are you feeling? The robot clutched its samurai-helmeted head and shakily climbed off the workbench, getting to its feet. Anthony's eyes widened. Holy cow, you're evolving way faster than I thought you would. How are you standing? The automaton's eyes swiv or the automaton swiveled its eyes to Anthony. Are you to be my creator, then? Anthony almost collapsed from shock. You... You can talk. Already? Wow, that's... Mm. 
That is impressive. The robot grinned through a wiry lower jaw. My name is EO71. I was programmed to be a voice to those who have no voice for themselves, and my sworn duty is to learn and expand my knowledge of this world. Anthony slapped his gloves on the floor. Yes! Yes, you've got it! Ah, ah I did it! Oh man, Red, you'd be so proud. EO71 turned, confused. Who's Red? Anthony stopped. <laughs> oh. Oh, right, I gotta explain that to you. Well, this'll be fun. Inspired by the words and legacy of EO-71's predecessor, the fearless machine toppled violent gangsters and helped many of the greatest superheroes of his multidimensional world fight against their troubles. Thus, he earned the nickname Captain for his bravery and honor in battle. There were rumors for long years that Captain would someday replace the Red Knight. Even petitions had been signed to try and get him to go. How <clears throat> However... These statements clashed with Catherine's duties as the Scarlet Saber, the new hero of the multiverse. The ancient beings who governed and watched over this world and watched over this reality had already established this to be fact. And yet there were still those who rose up against this. The government to be named specifically. <clears throat> but EO seven one openly refused medals and even Rick's caliber's replica, which was forged from the US's top scientists. I don't do this for glory or cash. I'm an honest worker, which is more than can be said for you. Captain announced at an opening. However, like any seemingly hopeless tale, the president was the most reasonable above the rest. He was a little on the older side, but he knew his position and his job. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me, Captain. I wanted to hold this meeting in private, specifically for you. It is a great honor, Mr. President. The two met outside the White House, and EO-71 had to kneel down to speak, despite his flashy, metallic red and gold armor. I've heard you won't take the mantle of Red Knight. Surely you have a good reason for this. EO-7 will not. Yes, sir, I do. You see, when I was first created, I had no intention to ever become anything like my predecessor. He may have helped in my creation, but I never see myself becoming him when I look in a mirror. The Red Knight is not a title to be won, nor is my duty to the good people of this world and many others now. The President smiled a warm smile. I've never once met someone so determined to refuse a Medal of Honor. Nonetheless, thank you for meeting with me. Your intentions are clear, and I have no fault with this. Carry on, soldier. EO-71 never truly became the next Red Knight, but that didn't stop him from helping Catherine in her job. The two became close friends, and when they battled together, there was no task they could not conquer. So it was that even when Catherine learned of the multiverse on the brink of chaos, she went to Admiral AI for help. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me, EO-71. It's an absolute mayhem, and as much as I'd like to ask the rest of my friends, this feels like something you and I should conquer alone. I couldn't agree more. I've run thorough tests with Anthony, and we both agree that this is a matter best taken into our own hands. Catherine strapped her helmet in place, and unsheathed the Rick's caliber replica that Captain gave to her instead. Alright then. But first, you know what's gonna happen. We're gonna need a team of absolute units if we're going up against the Necromancer. So let's get searching. Thousands of worlds for me to conquer, and yet I desire none of them. The necromancer strode through the hallways of his grand palace, seated in empty space, waiting for a time when it could be used. It is quite fitting to understand all of this. I've always wondered how even the greatest of villains, aspiring in their own way, could succeed. 
The necromancer approached a hallway, one leading down into his throne room, far below, to watch the multiverse expand and shrink, to grow and rotate and to become solid. Well, I suppose that is always the problem with villains. They never, never have the upper hand. The necromancer looked at all of his armor. If they expect me to fight them all at once, just myself, well, they're both right and wrong. I have the finest armor and tools the multiverse could ever supply. I have armor that breaks the very limits and laws that the ancient beings themselves have set in stone. And yet, the necromancer walked forwards to reveal a long, drafty tunnel. Lining the sides of it, the walls were tubes filled with villains of all kinds, each one struggling to break out. But the necromancer paid no heed to any of them instead walking towards one who kept quiet the most. And then there's you. You will help me specifically in my quest. The armored figure turned around, their tattered cloaks swishing beneath their silver shoulder pads and samurai helmet. And why should I help you? <laughs> it's quite simple, isn't it? The necromancer shifted in his place, touching at the point of his spined mask. You will give me exactly what I want, or you will risk eternal punishment. Torment beyond your wildest dreams, fear and pain beyond anything you have ever comprehended. So tell me, do we have a deal? Mm -hmm.